This is Jeremy Shackelford, WFR Church Online Minister, here today with David Bromley, beginning his second episode on Renewing Your Mind. David, I believe today you're going to talk about how God transforms our whole being. Why don't you tell us about that? That's right, Jeremy. Thanks. And we want to welcome everybody to this second episode and hope this is uh, everybody settling into the routine of the Renewing Your Mind Challenge. Again, you can go to uh, the, this episode, uh, our episode page and uh, on our on our podcast page and and find all the resources and there'll be several resources that we have there for the for all of our listeners and uh, and when we you know we can uh, ask also if people have questions we'll have a way to people can ask us questions and we'll be more than happy to interact with you on this as well uh, I would refer people back to the podcast of 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 the renewing your mind uh, explanation podcast and uh, that that tells people there uh, how to really go about doing this on a practical level and also a couple of folks will be on there are on there with us that have a uh, have had this experience in doing this so you can get some kind of some personal testimony as well as some instructions I want to stress the importance of doing that as we begin to really get into some nuts and bolts of of what this is all about uh, these podcast episodes are all about in, in transforming uh, our minds and our and our whole actually more than just our minds our whole being and that may sound odd to say transforming your mind or renewing your mind but really it's transforming your whole being uh, today we look at how God made us and those different parts of us uh, with this. Having an understanding of how God made us gives us an understanding of why things work the way they do uh, with this. And we encourage people to download the PowerPoint. There's about seven slides uh, that are on the PDF PowerPoint uh, with this that will explain things. It's going to be very helpful as they follow through. Uh, through our physical, uh, though our physical body and, and behaviors, what we see the Bible affirms that we are much more than just our body and our behavior. Uh, consider some of these verses here. Uh, we've got several we're going to uh, want you to listen to, but most you're going to be familiar with, and some are even repeated uh, by Jesus uh, throughout the Gospels. Deuteronomy 6 says this, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. So you see those three different uh parts with that. Jesus would come in, uh, or Deuteronomy affirms the heart, soul, and strength. Jesus comes along in Matthew 22 and says, love the Lord your God with all your soul and with all your mind. And so he's quoting uh, Deuteronomy. Mark has him saying it this way, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. Luke has him saying it this way, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind. And, of course, what we're not saying is what they all say is love your neighbor as yourself. And that's a study for a whole other thing uh, that Jesus himself would get into. Paul the Apostle would come along later in 1 Thessalonians 5 and say this. And this is kind of the one we want to key in on because I believe it summarizes and pulls together really what we're trying to accomplish in these podcasts. When he says, may God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. May your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming 
of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, let's not overlook verse 24. The one who calls you is faithful, and he will do it. It is the one, it is God who is doing the sanctifying. If you haven't gone and listened to the first episode, that's really the crux of the first episode. God expects us to be sanctified. He expects us to grow. And again, we're using the word sanctification, and we're using the word growth, and we're using the word renewing, and transformation, and character formation, and all kind of synonymous. I just want to clarify that. God is faithful, and he will do that. But I want to key in here on, on those common words, body, soul, spirit, mind, strength, those common words that are going there. And we have to ask the question, is the Bible referring to the multifaceted makeup that we as human beings have or simply making a statement about the extent of which we are to love God? And I think the answer is yes and yes. Yes, he is referring to our complex nature. And yes, he is referring to the extent of that nature of us. Our, our makeup uh, is, 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 to, is to love God. A principle of Bible study that uh, we, we must remember is that uh, in, when breaking down words is to, to understand uh, the meaning of the words. And not just by meaning, not just definition, but what did it mean? What did, when uh, Deuteronomy was written, uh, presumably by Moses, what did, uh, what, what did the Israelites hear when they heard that? What did they understand that to mean? When Paul wrote Body, Soul, Spirit, what did, uh, what did the Thessalonians understand him to mean? What did he mean, uh, by that? So, we're going to try to spend a little time. We're going to really just focus in on what Paul said on body, soul, spirit um, with that and, and, and understanding what those things mean. And, and people can follow along this in our, uh, have this visual for us in our, in our PowerPoint slides. So let's start with the body. The body is really the easiest to understand because it's, it's just that. It's just our body. Uh, this includes our brain, the billions of neurons and infinite, infinite number of interactions and in our fifth episode, we'll get into that and what that means and how those things interact. Uh, our other our other organs and how they respond and how they break down uh, when we eat, how different things happen inside of our brain. Our, our, our body is our body. Physical reactions to pain, to fear, uh, to anxiety. Um, it is our responses that, that happen uh, when it comes to desires. It's just... Things that our body will react the way it's going to react uh, with that. It also involves our unconscious and our conscious. We have been going for about seven or eight minutes now, and neither one of us and no one who's been listening has thought, has had to tell our, our eyes to blink, our, our hearts to beat, and we haven't had to say swallow. No one has said, as you listen to this, to tell your eardrum to, to vibrate so you can hear no one's done that. If you're listening going down the road, you didn't have to think when you saw brake lights to put your in front of you, at least I hope you, you didn't have to think and or hope you noticed it and your brain kicked in and you put your brakes on and you turned and and why? Because that's in our unconscious. Somehow or another that's there. There are those things that are just born within us for life as far as breathing and respiration and everything that goes with that. But there's also those things that we're learning that we learned pretty quick when we started driving, uh, how to do our blinker and how to angle into a, into a turn. And, and now we don't even think about it. Uh, so our body, our, our bodies, uh, include all of those things there. 
our soul we're also is also when you look at the word is also we're going to also call it because it, it kind of looks like this in the in the original language is, is synonymous with our mind uh it is that part of us that engages quickly and results in behavior that is acted out in our body. So that soul slash mind and body work together. Uh, this is the center uh, or the seat of our thoughts, of our will, our decisions that we make, our choices, our emotions. It's the seat of our personality and and how we're how we process things and and also on the slides we have a thing here called narratives and experiences and our narratives and we'll talk more about in subsequent episodes when we get into strongholds narratives are are the are the the story for lack of a better term of our experiences and our beliefs um, with that, it's the narrative that, that we believe. I'll give an example of that. In our family, we, we, we quote movies. And movie that I grew up watching that many of our listeners I'm sure did is called It's a Wonderful Life. Jimmy Stewart movie. It's, uh, it's really not about Christmas, but it for some reason is a Christmas movie. And there's a point at the, uh, about in the last half of the movie where Jimmy Stewart is, uh, George Bailey, the character George Bailey is upset. And he says to his wife, you call this a happy family. Why do you have, why do we have to have all these kids? And, and that is a quote that I would often say, uh, in my family, my wife, three children. And you know how it is. Uh, you have, uh, three children. You have four children, uh, of your own and, and the busyness of life. And you go through there and, and we say that tongue-in-cheek you call this a happy family why do we have to have all these kids and we'll quote movies now if someone were to come in i mean that's our narrative and now my children who are all older now uh, uh when they come home from their lives and living in different places they'll say you call this a happy family why do we have to have all these kids and it becomes a tongue-in-cheek joke and that's our narrative well my son-in-law and daughter-in-law probably didn't grow up with that humor speaking in uh movie quotes and probably at first were very taken aback when we say that and or didn't have a, a frame of reference by anything uh that, that we were talking about. So if and if they were if if my son in law and daughter in law quoted a, a whole nother movie that we weren't familiar with, that was in their narrative. So our experiences, what we believe about things, how we interact, form our narratives that we that we work out of. And this is all held in our minds or our souls and feeds into our behavior or determines our behavior with that. This also has an unconscious and conscious side to it uh, with that. Why do we um, shake hands with somebody? Why, If I extend my hand to somebody that I've met um, and they shake my hand, we don't think about that. Why? Because our experiences, our narratives say, oh, that's a, that's a form of greeting uh, right there. And if you go to a, another country, that may not be their form of greeting. They may look at your hand and not even know what that is. And so it's an unconscious thing. No one thinks about it. it had a funny thing happen at the, uh, uh, I try to go exercise a few times a week and, um, down at the local, uh, uh, gym. And I saw a guy in the locker room who we go to church with and, he came up and, and hugged me, and uh, we talked for a second. He said, hey, brother, I love you. I said, I love you, too. Well, 30 minutes later, 
I see another guy from church and hug him and we tell each other we love each other. And I thought, only in Christianity. You know, in my, my narrative tells me you don't do that. You don't hug sweaty men and tell them you love them. I mean, it's just, you just don't do that. We don't do that. I, I didn't grow up doing that. But my narrative has changed. And so I'll hug my brother and tell him I love him and not think anything of it. Uh, with that, I, I was joking with him uh, when I saw him. I, after that, I said, "You know, we broke about fourteen man laws doing that, and uh, and that, but that's okay uh, with that." So our narrative, but it was an unconscious response when I saw friends and my brothers uh, that way. So we have our body, we have our soul, we have some understanding of that. Then there's our spirit. Now, there's two things here. Um, that would two two different views on this and and neither one of them really uh it's not right nor wrong it just is and this is uh, uh in my opinion anyway um some people uh will say that no one has a problem with being body and soul some people will say that our spirit is part of our soul and and but in some people say that we are body, soul, spirit, that we are, have three parts to us. We are triune. And some say we are biune. We have two parts. Uh, where I am at this point in my study is I believe we are triune. I believe we are body, soul, spirit. Um, and there's some literature out there uh, to kind of support that, some older literature, some newer literature. Uh, but if someone comes along and says, hey, Dave, you know, I really think the spirit is part of the soul or the soul is part of the spirit, that's okay. That's all right, because what we're talking about in renewing our mind, when we do this, doing the work changes us, for sure. Um, I can't remember the author that it was, but uh, uh, I read, but he, he was talking about this soul spirit. Is there a, What's the connection? Are they the same? Are they different? And, and he came to the conclusion, which I, I think is, was very good, and saying that, well, you may we may not understand how they actually fit together or work together, but it's key that we understand that we do have a soul and that we do have a spirit, and and the work that that God does through those is important uh, in in changing our character. And so where I am at my current thought and study is that our spirit is our life force. God did something special with us in the beginning. Uh, Adam had a body; it was a dead body, and uh, he was breathed into life, and I believe, uh, just from my study, is that that life force, that spirit was in him, and his soul came to life because of that, and his personality and, and all that was there uh, that made him uniquely human uh, came into being. I believe also that is where our God image is is housed that makes us different than the rest of the created world uh we we bear the image of god whereas nothing else in all creation does we see that biblically we i believe this is also where worship takes place our our desire and propensity propensity to worship is 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 found there um and and in in our in our being our intuition when we come along with uh, uh, 
feeling like something is not right. You have, you, know, you have this uneasy feeling uh, with that. Jiminy Cricket called it your conscience. and uh, But it's that uneasiness. You're like, something doesn't feel right here. There's a spirit that doesn't feel good. Maybe I shouldn't believe that's our God image or our spirit inside of us that's doing that. It's where we interact with God and prayer. And I believe this is also where the Holy Spirit resides inside of us. And that's uh, uh, from Romans. And we'll get to that more as we talk about the Holy Spirit. Now, the Holy Spirit, uh, excuse me, the body, soul, spirit, all interact together uh, with that. And and while each part of us is separate in these different functions, they're linked together to form the whole of who we are. Uh, my body, my soul, my spirit, uh, with uh, all, while they're different, they all work uh, together. And then you can see, uh, uh, our listeners can see on the, on the PowerPoint here that our body, soul, spirit interact together, but they also have interact different, differently with the world and, and the physical and spiritual world, world. Our body deals completely with the physical realm. It interacts in the physical realm. It interacts with, uh, the oxygen, the carbon dioxide, it interacts with everything going on in our bodies. Uh, our, our spirit deals completely with the spiritual realm. That's why I say it is with that part of us that that worship is is happens. It's where prayer happens. Uh, for me personally, as a very distracted worshiper in prayer, uh, letting that spirit control, and we'll get to that in a moment, is is a challenge because my soul, my mind, that has a foot in both worlds, uh, with my God connection and the, my body connection is that conduit between the two. My soul gets so distracted because of this physical realm that it's tough for the spirit uh, to do what the spirit does uh, with that. So you can see how all that fits together, how we're made to live in a physical realm with a body, yet we are connected to eternity. Ecclesiastes says God placed eternity in the hearts of men. In, in connected to God and our spirit and our soul is that is that one that interacts with both. So we get to what will rule my life. What am I? What part of me will I let rule my life? And what happens? We'll start with then what happens when the wrong thing rules my life. And I think when we when we say it this way and, and look at it this way. It'll give a pretty good understanding. When I let my body rule or my flesh rule, that's what the the word in Romans is 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 flesh. Uh, the ESV and New American Standard translate the word sinful nature that's in the NIV as flesh. The word Greek word sarks is flesh. When uh, is flesh when I let my flesh rule we we see that all around. We live in a Babylonian Corinthian world, and it is. Uh, uh, you don't have to go too far down the road or turn the news on or flip on our phones to realize what a flesh-driven world. And it just becomes pure pleasure, hedonism. If you let our bodies rule, if the body and the flesh rules, the body's going to go for whatever the body wants there, uh, the flesh. And if we let our souls or our minds rule, it becomes very self-focused, self-absorbed very neurotic, very anxious. Uh, I'm worried about this. Uh, we often say around here that the, the sometimes the biggest battles we face are between our own ears because there's so much anxiety that can happen. Um, and because I let 
thoughts run rampant. I replay situations in my in my mind, and I uh, I think about what I should have said and didn't say, and so much that comes with it because I let my mind run rampant with that. And we'll talk more about that uh, later on when we get to uh, our minds being renewed. But when we have God's intended order, that when our God image rules, and we as children of God um, allow the Holy Spirit to reign and renew that part of us, then we we can restrain our flesh. We can we have a way to restrain that. I I'm often say I, my my flesh is is so strong. Uh, my will can only go so far, which is in my mind and my soul. I'm, my, my diet's as good as the next chicken biscuit from Chick-fil-A and apple fritter that they come in and slather butter all over downstairs. And, and it's, uh, you know, my mind and my flesh can only go so far. But when I have the Holy Spirit reigning in my spirit and connecting in my spirit, then those things can stay in, in order and stay in check. And I can let land uh, as we get to the Philippians text later on about what is true, what is pure, what is noble, what is lovely, what is praiseworthy. I, I, as, as one guy said I was listening uh, uh, to recently, I may not be able to control those negative and crazy thoughts that come to my mind, but I don't have to let them land. And that only happens when the Spirit uh, will is is ruling my life. And I may have that fleshly desire for whatever, but I don't have to give in to it. And I can restrain that, not because of my own will, but because the Spirit is ruling in me. So all of this uh, works to understand, as we said at the beginning, how do we, how do we, uh, understanding uh, how we are made up helps us understand and how we all work, how our bodies and our minds and our spirits work together uh, helps us understand how God renews that. So I want to bring us back to the renewing your mind experience and how that works with our body, soul, and spirit. The goal is to experience redemption by letting the Holy Spirit reign in our spirits. Thus, we're developing the character of Christ in our souls or our minds and our behavior changes that does away with the do-betters in our in our in our body in our flesh as we talked about in the first episode and i need more that comes from the mind and the soul but we've already been equipped with enough with the holy spirit and so when we do the bible reading when we put god's word into us and and like i said hopefully people are following that those instructions then we are empowering and inviting the Holy Spirit to do his work. Now, I'm not talking about deep, exegetical Bible study. Um, now, I would encourage people to really pick up some good resources on how to do Bible study, how to do it well, and and, and, and so many. You know, when I went to college and, and uh, seminary, uh, we had, we didn't, we, we still had to go to the library and buy books. There's so many resources on, on our phones now that, that can help us in doing Bible study. But what I'm talking about is not that. You don't have to have me, uh, have a advanced degrees in theology and, and ministry to be able to do this stuff. Remember, the disciples were described as unschooled, ordinary men. And, but Bible reading is something we do with our soul, our mind, inviting the Holy Spirit through our spirit to do his work. Hebrews 4, the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of the soul and of the spirit, 
of joints and marrow. So you see all the parts of us right there in that verse. Our our soul, our spirit, and joints and marrow, even, even to dividing what's going on in our bodies and our flesh. And discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. The truth of God is penetrating. It allows us to discern right from wrong by giving us a standard of truth. Second Timothy 3.16 says this, All scripture is God-breathed and profitable for teaching and reproof and for correction and for training in righteousness. Why? So that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. So we see the truth of God is not only penetrating, but the truth of God is also equipping. And putting that truth in, even if it's simply reading or if you can't read, or if you're like me, a distracted, sleepy reader, you can listen to it and put it in. Thank you, Lord, for the technology to do that. It's putting truth in so it, our character can be changed, and it does this in a supernatural way. We're not just engaging our soul and mind, but we're allowing the Holy Spirit to reign in our spirit. Prayer, again, is something we do in the soul and spirit. We may verbalize it. We may write it silently. We may uh, write it out in our journals. We may say it silently, um, praying in our minds. It is a way of reaching with our soul into our spirit. Again, that diagram of having a foot in both worlds and, and letting the spirit reign. Um, one aspect that, that we often don't do well on the praying end of it is listening Prayer is not intended to be a one-way conversation. My prayers often, and I'm working on this still, uh, are often wish list. And, and just having that time to listen. And that gets us to our other part of this renewing your mind, is worship. This aspect is done completely with our spirit. Psalm 95 says, Come, let us sing, to, uh, sing for joy to the Lord. Let us shout aloud to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before him with music and song, with thanksgiving. That is how we enter the presence of God, is with thanksgiving and worship. And that is done completely with our spirit. And when we worship and pray and put God's word in, we, we, we get God's intended order in place. And if we can begin to do that, 15 minutes, 20 minutes a day, actually what will, what people will see is that the more they do this, the longer they go into this. Um, people have reported going into an hour and two hours even, uh, and they, they lose track of time with that. And it's best done if we can do that. Well, this is individual work, best done with a community of people meeting regularly to say, hey, how's how's your renewing your mind going? What have you noticed uh, with that? Whether that be a class or whether that be a small group. There's accountability, there's support uh, as people, and it's how we practice one another as well. Now, that's a lot. That's a lot of information. Some of that may be new information for people. Uh, so I, I encourage people to go back and listen to this again, interact with the with the slides, and 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 send some questions in. Uh, with this. Well, and the one takeaway, if there is just one that I get from this, is regardless of my upbringing, regardless of my circumstances, regardless of an attitude I might have, I don't have to stay there. 
I don't have to be that person. I don't, I can no longer use the words, well, that's just the way I am. Because God has given us a process to where those words don't have to leave our mouth again. That's exactly right. God does not leave us where we, uh, where he found us. And, uh, my past, my family of origin, uh, behaviors I've done, uh, may explain, uh, why our, my narratives are the way they are, but I don't, I can re, that can be transformed with truth with that. And we're going to talk a lot about that when we get into strongholds and how to break those lies that we believe now. And to me, that's just hope. That is hope. That's just hope because nobody wants to remain that same person. Oh, no. So that's just hope. That's exactly right. Well, thank you once again, David. This is Jeremy Shackelford with David Bromley, and this is our WFR podcast. And we will continue next time with episode three, which is entitled The Holy Spirit's Role in our transformation. Y'all have a blessed day.